Thank you for listening to the Calvary Church Podcast. If this ministry has been a blessing to you, would you let us know? Send an email to toledocalvary.org. We would love to hear what God is doing in your life today. What do you do when you don't know what to do? It's a really interesting question for us to consider. Maybe you search online, or maybe you look for a video, or maybe you call a friend, or maybe you find a professional. In those moments when you don't know what to do, how do you figure out what you're going to do? We're starting a new series of messages today called How To. And what we want to do in this series is get some real-life answers for some real-life questions. And it's become a very popular thing to talk about how-to projects. You see it on cooking networks and home improvement networks and all kinds of different subcultures where people do things for themselves, all these how-to things. And this series is going to allow us to look at some answers to some real questions in our lives. And the question we're going to look at today, how to know what to do when you don't know what to do. For this series, we're in particular going to be looking at three different books of the Bible. Theologians often refer to them as the pastoral epistles. First Timothy, Second Timothy, and the book of Titus. All of them were letters that the Apostle Paul wrote to some of his associates. Um, Timothy and Titus were a couple of Paul's apprentices. He was a mentor to them. And he took them with them to different churches that Paul knew or that he had helped to start. And when he was in Ephesus, he was there with Timothy. And when Paul left, he left Timothy there to pastor and lead that church. When Paul went to a place called Crete, Titus was with him. And he left Titus there to lead and pastor that church. And so later, Paul writes letters, two to Timothy, one to Titus, to help them to know how to lead, how to pastor. And that's why we call them the pastoral epistles. Now, Timothy and Titus had never been in leadership roles like this quite before. They were in new situations. In fact, the church was, of course, just decades old. And as a result, they were just learning how to navigate the times and the seasons. These letters that Paul writes to Titus and Timothy are written to them in unprecedented times. Here's some of the background, and we'll look at this as we look at these letters over the course of the next few weeks. They were dealing with false information in the church. They were dealing with confusion. They were dealing with conflict. They were dealing with turmoil. Does it sound familiar? In times when you don't know what to do, and you're dealing with conflict and chaos and turmoil, how do you respond? We're going to find in these books some real insight to help us have real-life answers to some real-life questions. You may wonder, why would Paul write these letters? And he gives us a really clear instructions as to what he's doing here. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14, here's what Paul says to us. He says, although I hope to come to you soon, I'm writing you these instructions so that if I am delayed, you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and foundation of the truth. Do you see what Paul says there? He says, look, there may be some delay. Things might not be normal. I may be kept from you for a while. And if I am, I want you to know how to live your life in the midst of this season See, I believe this is a series for all of us. Some of us who are watching this have not been able to be in church together in a long time. And all of us have faced times that we've never known before. So I think this is a fitting passage. Here's the reality. You're always going to have times when the answers to a situation you're in are not 
clear. Some situations don't even have right answers. Some situations we may never know the answer. And Paul knew that Timothy and Titus were in new territory, and he wanted to give them some guidelines, some framework to make decisions in his life. Now, I want you to think a little bit about this question. How do you know what to do when you don't know what to do? And one of the key components of this that I would challenge you with is in times when I don't know, I start with what I do know. In times when I don't know, I start with what I do know. See, many times we can get focused or kind of drawn in and and look at the things that we do not know. And those can be overwhelming. Those can get the best of us. But if I can start with what I do know, it helps me to have a framework, guidelines, for when I get to what I don't know. This is key for us to have. And here's another component of this. Where I am certain helps me where I am uncertain. Where I am certain, it helps me where I'm uncertain. In the places where I don't know what to do, where I have this uncertainty, if I'll start with what I do know, what I'm certain of, it gives me the tools to move forward. It helps me to have resilience. Part of my hope through this series of messages is that you can develop some spiritual resilience to build up some of those spiritual maturity muscles that you're going to be able to be better prepared for the things that God will bring you in your life because of what we'll walk through over the course of these next few weeks. Have you ever been in a situation where a bill came that you did not expect? Maybe your, your car needed a repair or maybe it was a medical bill of some kind and you knew when you got that bill, I'm not going to be able to pay this. I don't have the cash reserves in hand. So you have to borrow money from someone or maybe you have to put it on a credit card and now you're playing catch up with what you do have to make up for what you didn't have. And no one ever really wants to be in that place. And for many of us, we find ourselves in that place even spiritually where life brings things our way and we don't have the spiritual resources built up. We don't have the spiritual resilience to handle what life has sent our way. So through this series, I want to help you to know things and to be certain about things so that when you face the unknown, you have some spiritual resilience built up to navigate those trying times. So how do you know what to do when you don't know what to do? You start not with what you don't know, but you start with what you do know. And there's four things I know. We're going to look at this passage from 1 Timothy and then another verse in the next chapter, in chapter 4. And as we look at these two verses tonight, I want to show you four things I know. Here's the first one. Number one, I know who I am. Number one, I know who I am. Here's what Paul says to us. This is a good place to start. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14. He says, Although I hope to come to you soon, I'm writing you these instructions so that if I am delayed, you will know how people ought to conduct themselves, and this is where he says who we are, in God's household, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and foundation of the truth. He calls us here God's household. He says we are a part of the church of the living God. And if you ask yourself, what do you know? Here's what you know about who you are. You can know that I am God's child. He says, I am a part of God's household. That means he is my heavenly father. And as his daughter or as his son, he's my perfect heavenly father. And I can rest in the confidence to know that I am his child. 
The other thing we see there is he says we're a part of the church of the living God. And as that, I know this, that I have a living God. Not a God who is false. Not a hope that is empty. Not, not truth that is dead. But I have a living God. I am God's child. I have a living God. And you say, why do those things matter? Especially in times when I don't know what to do. Here's why. When I don't know what to do, I feel lost. Have you ever been lost? I remember several years ago, I got lost in a, in a foreign city, in a place at night, in a big city, where I did not know where I was going, by myself, with a language that I did not speak. And I felt so alone, and I felt so uncertain, and I felt so by myself in that place. There were lots of people, but I felt so alone. And when we don't know what to do, the same thing often happens to us. It often makes us feel alone, and it often makes us question hope. Like, is there any hope on the other side of this thing? And what I want you to know is because you are God's child, and because he is alive, you know that as a part of his church, as a part of his household, you have hope even when you don't know what to do. Let me give you an example Paul, again, wrote two letters to Timothy. This passage of Scripture we've looked at is in 1 Timothy. Later, at the end of his second letter to Timothy, we we call that 2 Timothy, Paul is recounting how there were people who abandoned him. And in writing this, he says this, 2 Timothy 4, verse 16. He says, At my first defense, no one came to my support, but everyone deserted me. May it not be held against them. But the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. And I was delivered from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Did you see what he said there? The Lord stood by my side and he gave me strength. Paul's saying, look, even in the seasons when I didn't know what was coming next, and even in the seasons when I didn't know how to respond, here's what I did know, that God would be with me, that he was alive, and that I was his child, and I could find confidence in that. In those places when you don't know what to do, start with what you do know, that you are God's child, that he's right there alive with you, that he will not desert you, that he will give you strength, and then you can move forward with confidence. The first thing I know, I know who I am. Here's the second thing that I know. Number two, I know what I know. The second thing, number two, I know what I know. If you go back to that passage in 1 Timothy chapter 3, where Paul is giving the reason for writing this letter, one of the things he says about the church, and if you look at this passage of Scripture, it says that the church is the pillar and the foundation of the truth. That the church is the foundation of the truth. So if we're looking for truth, it's found where the church finds the truth, and that's in the Bible, in the Scriptures, in God's Word. And so I know what I know. See, Paul talks a lot to Timothy about the value of knowing and living out God's word. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, he says it this way. He says, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Why? So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Did you see this? It's important when you don't know what to do, It's important you remember I know what I know, and what I know is that when I go to Scripture, it helps me to be thoroughly equipped for every good work. 
God has given us his word so we will have what we need. God's word equips us for life. That's why he gives it to us, so that we will have, when we don't know what to do, guidance so that we will know how to move forward. We have all the resource that we need. There's a guy who owns a pizza shop in Delaware, and as he was leaving one night, he was was walking out of the pizza shop, and a guy with a machete comes up to him as he's closing up. And the guy with the machete starts demanding money from him, and he's not sure what to do. He happens to have a pizza in his hand, and as he looks at the guy with the machete, he tells him to get out of here and literally throws his pizza at the guy. When he threw the pizza at the guy with the machete, the guy got in the car and took off. He, he got out of there real quick. And it's interesting that in order to defend himself from his enemy, with that pizza in his hand, he already had everything that he needed. I just I picture in my mind, if it was me and that guy came up to me and I had that, I'd look at him and I'd say, you want a pizza me? And I'd like throw it at him right so so here's the deal that guy had what he needed you have what you need when the enemy comes your way with confusion or with lies the bible tells us he tries to steal kill and destroy in those moments god's word equips us for life and you already have what you need so what's the question that you ask well if you have to make a decision and you don't know what to do ask this What would God's word say to me about this decision? What would God's word say to me about this decision? How how do I know what God would have me to do? Now look, for some of you, you you already have kind of built up some, some familiarity with Scripture. Or maybe you have certain verses that you go back to over and over again. Certain characters or stories or principles from Scripture that help to guide your life. And for some of us, we're, we're still looking for those things, or we're growing in those things, or we're constantly wanting to do that. Through this series, every Tuesday night, we're going to have a group of our pastors come together at 7 o'clock every Tuesday night online. It'll be on our website, on our Facebook, and YouTube channels. And you can go there, and we're going to have a discussion to kind of go a little bit deeper in what we've talked about in these messages. And this week, we're going to talk about how to get the most out of God's Word. Like when you need to make a decision, how do you know what God's word says to you about that decision that you're making? What, what, what do you do? How do you use God's word? How do you learn God's word? And so I hope you'll join us. It'll be available Tuesday night at 7, but you can also watch it on demand at any time on Facebook and Calvary's YouTube channel as well. The other thing we're going to do through this series... Each week, you can click on our homepage, and there's a link that says this week's how-to. And I hope you'll join along with me. This week, we've got a Bible reading plan that starts on Monday, and it's going to help us throughout this week to read some scriptures to follow up on the things that we talk about in this message. And so I hope that you'll go out to ToledoCalvary.org. Right on the homepage, there's a link that says this week's how-to Click there, and then together we can be growing in these things that God is speaking to us as we're looking at how to answer some of these real-life questions. Two things that we've learned so far when you don't know what to do. You know who I am, and I know what I know. Here's the third thing that we see, number three, I know how I live. Third thing is this, I know how I live. See, if you look again at that passage, 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14 and 15, one of the things that Paul says there is that the reason he writes this 
is so that you will know how people ought to conduct themselves. Conduct themselves is how they should live. And one of the things that we need to know as followers of Jesus Christ is how we are to live our lives. It's interesting in this passage, Paul blends how they conduct themselves with the truth. It's what they know and what they do. And both of those things are incredibly important. This isn't the only place in his letters where he ties those two things together, what we know and what we do. He, he does it in the next chapter as well, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 16. Paul says this to the church. He says, watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them, because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Do you see what he does here? He connects your life, what you do, with doctrine, what you know. So it's not just what I know, it's also how I live. This is really important because I know some people who want to do things, but they don't believe the right way. And I also know people who believe things, but they don't ever want to do anything about it. See, Paul says if you're really going to live your life with purpose and meaning, you have to connect those two things, not just what you know, but then also how you live. And he says, when you know how you're going to live, then you persevere in those things. Look, when you're making a decision, especially in times when you say, look, I don't know what to do here. When you're making a decision, how you live matters. I would encourage you to decide in advance, like, like maybe even before you're in a place where you have to start making decisions, like, like maybe today, <laughs> to decide, God, I, I'm going to live according to your word. I think this is a part of spiritual resilience, making a determination to follow God's word before you get to a place where you might be in a situation where you have to make that decision. And you say, well, Chad, how, what, what kind of things are you talking about? Let me give you just three quick examples. One is this, that you would choose to say, when I live, I'm going to choose character over convenience, that I'm going to choose character over convenience. I, I'm going to do what I know is right, not just what seems to be easy. Second thing, I'd challenge you to choose what is scriptural over what is situational. Not just what is right in the moment or might make sense in the moment, but what does God's word say? See, this is where your life and your doctrine come together, that I'm going to choose to live out God's word, not just what makes sense here. And the third thing, I'd challenge you to choose to be spirit-led over crowd-sourced. So many times we, we let the crowd tell us what we're going to do. When instead, what if we learn to hear the voice of the Spirit? Now, we're going to get there in a couple of weeks. We're going to talk about this idea of how do I know what the Holy Spirit is saying and leading in my life? I really do believe you have to decide in advance how I'm going to live, and then I'm going to live according to God's Word. Here's why it matters. Psalm 25, verse 21. The psalmist says this, May integrity and uprightness protect me, because my hope, Lord, is in you. You see what he says? He's decided in advance, I'm going to live in a way that's filled with integrity. Because when I put my hope in you, Lord, you're able to protect me. See, when I don't know what to do, I'm going to choose what I do know. And I know I'm going to live according to God's word. I'm going to choose character. And I'm going to choose scripture. And I'm going to choose to be spirit-led. Because when I do, it puts me in a place where I can experience God's protection in a very real and, and, and kind of just experiential way in my life. 
Here's another question, because I know for some of you, you're in a place right now where you're asking questions, maybe in your relationships, or maybe in your finances, or maybe in your family, or where to go to school, or, or how to raise your children, or what to do with the years that you're looking ahead at. And as you ask those questions, one thing that I would encourage you to consider as you do this is ask yourself, is this a decision that I will not be ashamed of later? Like whether you're making that decision in the moment or whether you're making it for the long term. What if I were to say to myself, if I make this decision, if I, if I choose to live this way, will I not be ashamed of that later? Will I be able to say to my family or say to my friends or say to future generations, I made that decision and I'm not ashamed to make it. And look, here's, here's where some of us get a little hung up. Some of us get a little hung up because when we have to choose what to do, when we don't know what to do, we kind of get into this place where there's this paralysis from analysis. We're, we're just kind of stuck, and we don't know how to move. And we ask the question over and over again, what if I get it wrong? What if I make the wrong decision? What if I do something that's not right? And look, I'd encourage you with this. If you're at a place where you know you're God's child, and you want to live according to his word, and you choose to be obedient to his word, and you make a decision, you make the right decision in the moment. You make the best decision that you can. And just, just embrace the fact that some of those decisions might not always be right. Some things might not always play out the way we thought they're going to. The important thing is that I make the right decision for right now as the Spirit's leading me. I might do in my best and make that decision and then believe this. Remember the passage in Proverbs 4? That says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, in all your ways acknowledge him, and then he'll direct your paths. Instead of being stuck saying, what if I make the wrong decision? Say, God, I'm going to trust you that as I obey you, you will lead my paths in the right way. Four things that we know, and those are important when you don't know what to do. Here's the fourth one, last one, number four. I know why I'm here. Last one, number four. I know why I'm here. Like this one's really important because it gives us clarity when we're making decisions. When you're asking the question, I don't know what to do. It helps us to know why we're here. Go back to this. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 16. Paul says to Timothy, watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them. Because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. He says, look, Timothy, the reason you're there is not just for you. It's for others. It's for me to work through your life. So you watch those things, Timbo, because your life has a purpose. I would challenge you to consider, especially if you're a season of uncertainty, who, who are your hearers? Like, who are the others in your life that God has put in your life intentionally. Please know this, God has entrusted you with intentional influence. There is somewhere in your life that God has placed you, he's intentionally placed you there, that he wants you to have some influence in this season with your family, in your church, on the job, in your school in these, these spheres, and maybe even it'll happen in a moment, and you go, God, you put me here just for this moment. Realize that he has entrusted you, not haphazardly, but with intentional 
influence. And in that place, as you're making these decisions, as you're trying to decide what to do when you don't know what to do, remember why you're there. You're not there for yourself. You're not there for your own gain or for your own fame. God has intentionally put you there because he has a purpose in your life. There is something that he wants to play out in your life. And here's, here's what I hope you will not miss. We are here to lead others to Jesus. I mean, Paul says it so intentionally. He says, look, Tim, if, if you'll do these things, if you'll watch your life and doctrine closely, you'll not only save your own life, but you'll save the life of your hearers as well. And the reality is we don't save anyone. God is the one who does the saving. He's the one by his grace. But when he says to Timothy that you will save your hearers, what he means is that other people's lives can be changed. Other people's lives can be transformed. That God does the saving, but you're the vehicle that he uses to be able to bring his grace and his life to others. I know oftentimes when I'm in a season of confusion or when I'm in a season where I don't know what to do, I can be so caught up in what I do not know that I forget what I do know. And if I will start with what I do know and remember why am I here, that ultimately I'm not here to be right. Ultimately, I'm not here to win an argument. Ultimately, I'm not here for you to think a certain way about me. Ultimately, I'm here, Scripture says, to bring glory to God and help other people to see Jesus. If I will start with that framework, it will save everything. We are here to lead others to Jesus. Last Christmas, our family decided, hey, let's, let's do something a little bit different. And so we scaled back on the presents that we gave to each other. And instead, we, we chose to take a trip together. And so in January, we, we took a trip out to Arizona, and uh, we spent a few days in the Sedona area, the, the Red Rocks. If you've never been there, it's a beautiful place, very different terrain from Toledo. And when you think Arizona in January, you think heat, but in Sedona, you've got mountains, you've got cold, and you've even got snow. And we had been out on an exploration as a family one day and we were driving back and we were coming back into the Sedona area and we were coming like down from the mountains. And as we are, it's at night and it starts to snow. And as it starts to snow, some of these roads start to get really slick. And at one point, you have to go down this pretty steep mountain that's nothing but just one switch back after the other. It's just kind of one turn after the other. And it was kind of cool for my family to be a part of that and kind of watch and see, but I'm driving. And I can feel that this road's not steady. And my headlights will only go so far. And I really would have liked to have taken in the scenery all around. But I knew that in that moment, I knew why I was there. I was there for one reason. And that was to get us safely down that mountain. And I didn't know where each turn was going to go. And I didn't know what I was going to face next. And honestly, there were certain places where I, I just felt like I was kind of disoriented in the darkness and then the snow and then the headlights and you're driving that. I just knew this. I've got to focus on where I am right now. I needed to be careful that I wasn't distracted. And I needed to be careful that I wasn't afraid because I knew I had everything that I needed. And in that moment, I just focused on the precious cargo that I was entrusted with. I focused on that next turn and that next moment. And I realized why I was there. I wasn't there for myself. I wasn't there for what was around me. I was there because in that moment, it was my job to lead others to a place of safety, a place that they could call home. 
Now look, in this crazy season where there's all these factors around us, culturally, but I want to speak more directly to where you are. Because there may be something that you're experiencing right now in your life that has nothing to do with the headlines. It has nothing to do with other people. It has everything to do with the moment that you find yourself in. And you may be watching this and saying, what do I do when I don't know what to do? You start with what you know. And here's what Paul says. You can know that you are a child of God, that in his word you can find truth, that as you live it out, he says he will protect you and that he has you here for a meaning and for a purpose. Where you are for a reason, he's working something out in your life. Now, now next week, we're, we're gonna dig into some of these scriptures a little bit more. And I wanna give you a little even more insight into these questions that we're looking at. But as we wrap this up today, I wanna, I wanna pray with two groups of people. And the first is this, you, you may be watching this and you may say to yourself, Chad, I, I appreciate everything that you said, but I don't even know that I can start with that first what I know. Because I don't know that I am God's child. I, I don't know that I am a part of his house because I don't feel like I really know God. And maybe you've tried all kinds of things in your life. You looked for answers in all kinds of places and you've reached a point in your life where you say, I just can't do it by myself anymore. And what I really need is what only God can bring. See, that's, that's why we talk about who Jesus is and that Jesus came, he's the son of God and he lived a life without any sin so that he could die on the cross to give us forgiveness. He's our savior. And he rose again from the dead and he is alive today and he gives our life purpose and meaning. He's our living God. That's why we call him our Lord. And you may today need to make a decision and say, Jesus, I can't do it anymore. I give you my life. In just a moment when we pray, I trust that from your own heart, you will say, Jesus, I give you my life. I need your forgiveness. I need your purpose in my life. And watch the difference that he can bring. And as we wrap up today, I also want to pray for those of you who find yourself in this place where you say, what do I do? Because I don't know what to do. And that you would allow God's spirit to take the things that we've looked at in these last few moments and apply them to your heart in a way so that these days, this week, as you go through this, this season that you're in, that God would give you everything that you need to be able to be led by him. I'm gonna ask you right where you are, just to bow your heads and close your eyes with me for just a moment. And I'm gonna lead us in a prayer. And as I do, if, if you fit either of those categories where you would say, God, I give you my life, or if you would say, God, I need your help, would you just kinda of with your own spirit, join with mine and let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word that you've told us so clearly that even when we do not know what to do, your word will speak to us. It will guide us. It will equip us. Lord, I pray for the one who in this moment needs your forgiveness and needs your grace. Lord, they know that they can't do it on their own anymore. And so they say in this moment, Jesus, I give you my life. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. Father, would you let them know right now that making that, that, that call and, and choosing that, that is the most powerful thing that they could ever do in their life, to stop looking to themselves and to look to you. And Father, I, I pray with that one who says, I'm in a place right now where I don't know what to do. 
Father, whether it's something that they think is a small decision or whether it is a life-changing one, Holy Spirit, would you even right now come alongside of them and just let them know your peace? Like Paul said, would you let them know your strength? God, would you help them to sense that you're equipping them, that, that you're helping them, that you're protecting them, and that, Father, as we look to you, you're going to give us everything that we need. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for how it speaks to us. We hold on to the truths in it today. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, look, if you prayed that prayer to give your life to Jesus, I would invite you right where you're watching in the comment section right now, you'll find a link that you can click there. It talks about knowing Jesus. We would love to know more of your story. We would love to pray with you. And we have a resource we'd like to send your way to kind of help you to know more about what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Once again, thanks so much for joining us today. Go in his special favor and his wonderful peace.